Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I feel like today's episode doesn't really need an introduction, so I'm just going to jump right into it. Alyssa, it is so great to have you on the podcast. You are our first guest of 2023. You're also one of the brains behind the toilet paper brand that we know and love, Who Gives a Crap? Who Gives a Crap is best known for their fun, playful, and approach to a traditionally boring or plain industry. So aside from a brilliant marketing idea, why is it important to choose a better loo role for the planet? Hi, Lottie. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here and happy that you asked that question. We did some research about a year ago with an environmental consulting firm called Edge because we were really interested to understand how many trees are really being cut down globally because of our toilet paper use. And we learned that every day about a million trees are cut down to make traditional, conventional toilet paper that we all use every day and don't really think twice about it. So that means that we are using this really valuable resource that's coming from trees, we use it once, and we flush it straight down the toilet, which is terrible. And the thing that's most interesting about this is that research has shown us that globally, two in three people have no idea that their toilet paper choice is contributing to us cutting down our trees. But the very awesome part of this is that we absolutely do not need trees and virgin tree materials to make our toilet paper. As Who Gives a Crap has shown, we can use recycled paper, we can use bamboo fibers, we could use other alternative fibers to make this resource that you and I and everyone use every day. And so I think there's a real opportunity to tell people about this and give them a chance to think about it more and choose a different toilet paper when they are buying their essentials. No, that is so exciting. And I think it's not really one of those things that you think about when you're like, I'm going to start living sustainably. You might start, I don't know, using a reusable coffee cup or stop using plastic bags at the supermarket. But I don't really think you don't really think about your bathroom in the ways of like, oh, I can make a like better sustainable toilet paper choice. Because when you think about toilet paper, you're like, oh, well, it's paper, so it's better than plastic. And so, well, no, you're not going to use a plastic version, but there is definitely a better version than using, as you just said, virgin trees to cut that need to be cut down to create this. So you just kind of explained that you've felt like, well, who gives a crap uses a different method. So you, is it recycled paper that you use or is it bamboo paper or kind of how is that process about finding a more sustainable toilet paper? How does that happen? How does it work? Please explain. So we offer both recycled toilet paper and bamboo toilet paper. We also offer recycled paper towels, and facial tissues in the U.S., and then bamboo paper towels and facial tissues in our other regions. And we know that paper can be recycled. It's one of the best recycling stories that we have to date. I think you and I have probably seen a lot of 
commentary on how our recycling infrastructure is broken. But really, there are some things that are readily recyclable and paper is that. And so it's a really great opportunity, I think, for you and I to talk about and everyone to understand that there's a lot of potential for use of recycled materials, specifically recycled paper, to make a toilet paper. And bamboo is also a great resource to use in toilet paper. It's the strongest toilet paper that we make, and it feels pretty similar to traditional supermarket rolls. And bamboo grows incredibly quickly, so it can be harvested much more frequently. And all of our bamboo fiber inputs are FSC certified, so Forest Stewardship Council certified, which is one of the, if not the most robust sustainable forestry certifications that exist globally. Wow. No, I absolutely, I love bamboo, but I want to really talk more about what you just brought up then about kind of how a lot of people think that recycling in the system is broken and that things don't actually get recycled because it's something that I'm a big believer in, but I want to talk more about it. So we in Australia are actually one of the best recyclers when it comes to paper. We recycle more paper than most other countries in the world, which is amazing to see. But the toilet paper that Who Gives a Crap makes, which is made from recycled paper, like is that office reams? Like please explain the process. Like what are you doing? Are you printing confidential documents and shredding them up and then making toilet paper? Like please explain. I'm glad that you asked because I think there's, a common misconception that recycled toilet paper is made from toilet paper, but it's not. It's not made from used toilet paper. <laughs> it's made from, like you said, office paper. We're not printing paper on purpose to recycle it, but everyone, I think, in Australia, the US, the UK is another key region for us, have most people have curbside recycling. Some people might separate out their paper, some people might put their paper or their boxes in their curbside recycling, that's all collected. And that can be made into many types of paper goods, including toilet paper. Amazing. So is there kind of like a, I don't know, creme de la creme of material that you are looking for when it comes to like, are you like, I don't know, office paper is better than cardboard or we really like cereal boxes? (laughs) Like what's the type of paper that you really look for to then turn into toilet paper? You know, the manufacturers are really the expert on sourcing and making sure it's the right blend of these different paper sources. So most things can go into the system, but they'll need to have a a variety of inputs. So all of those things are potential to be used and good sources for recycled toilet paper. Amazing. Just like a good cake, you need that right balance of everything there. So you've worked in sustainability for over 18 years. What are some of the biggest changes that you've seen and I don't know, you've seen that have been happening over this time? For consumer goods companies specifically, I've seemed to work in that space for most of my career. I feel like, and what I've seen is that the scope of accountability has really broadened from what historically when I started in this career space, companies would look at their owned and operated environmental impacts. So energy use at a headquarters or a retail store that they ran. Whereas now the scope has expanded to include the manufacturing of the products that we are all selling. So it looks at the whole supply chain, all the transportation, all the manufacturing processes and accounts for the environmental impacts that happen in each stage. So I think that was overlooked or not included in 
a company's carbon footprint in the past and now is definitely included. And if it's excluded, I think there's an understanding that there's a lot of impact that's missing. The other thing that I have really been pleased to see over the years is that more and more companies are making commitments to sustainability. And they're showing that by talking about it externally, sharing their progress, creating sustainability teams and positions like the one that I have. And what's I've really been noticing is that there are now roles called like chief sustainability officer. So sustainability has risen all the way up in companies to executive level. So they're in the room, hopefully influencing strategy and helping with decision-making so that these companies can meet those sustainability targets. And I think that's far more common than it was 18 years ago when I started. No, I feel like when I started this about five years ago, I had people questioning what I was doing and what even sustainability was. So I can't even imagine 18 years ago, all of the conversations you must have had with people going, what is it this? What are you doing? Why would businesses do that? Yeah. The interesting thing, I went to grad school. I finished in 2005. And I remember thinking, I wonder if this is a trend. I wonder if this is a bit of a trend in corporate sustainability and if this will fade away. And then 2008 happened where we had a huge economic crash and again wondered, will sustainability go away because we're more focused on financials because it's a really hard time? It didn't. It continues to grow. And then with COVID, I remember thinking, oh no, the jobs are going to shrivel up. And no, they didn't. There's just been more and more opportunity, more and more companies bringing on sustainability experts and building out sustainability teams. And so I think that longevity is a testament that it's probably here to stay. Definitely here to stay. So just on that, when you were just talking about the financials then, I really wanted to kind of go back to who gives a crap because I think they're a really brilliant example of balancing profit and purpose. They donate 50% of their profits to clean water and sanitation nonprofit enterprises. And I think it just was announced that Who Gives a Crap have surpassed $11 million in donations to charitable causes since their launch, which is absolutely amazing. But what are some of the challenges that come with this approach? Because as a business, you need to make money to survive, even if you are a charity, even if you are a social enterprise. So how, how, what are the challenges that you're facing with this approach? I love that you called out the success of us donating over $11 million to WASH programs. That's a huge accomplishment for us and our main mission. So that's what we're working towards. We're working towards giving more and more money to that cause. And so it's really important, I think, to call out the successes as well as the challenges. Another key success is that we've calculated that we've saved over 1.2 million trees from being cut down by making our toilet paper using recycled content or bamboo. So some really huge accomplishments over the last 10 years. And the, the key thing that I'll say that is a challenge is that we're really passionate about doing good. I think a lot of businesses have a passion for that, but no business can do it alone. You know, we're just a small space in this very big globe of goods that we need and operations and processes. And every business has a certain scope of influence. So if we want like true, positive environmental and societal change, we have to be able to scale beyond just these handful of businesses that are really committed to this. And so I think it's an opportunity to really celebrate 
the momentum in the corporate space around caring about these things and trying to do better. And then also just engaging with everyone. Everyone has a role to play. There's an opportunity for individuals to be a part of the solution as well by being really thoughtful with how you use your dollars. Everyone can buy less and save those dollars. You can buy used because those products have already been made and might actually be awesome and maybe more affordable. And then when you do really need something, we all have an opportunity to purchase products that maybe are more sustainable than the conventional option or that are coming from brands that are really committed to protecting the environment. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. No, I think it's a really exciting opportunity and it does give that power to the individual because you can often feel overwhelmed and feel like you're a tiny little droplet that won't really make any difference. But I think if we all do something, we can really make a massive impact. And I also really love the approach that Who Gives a Crap has to education, like on social media, having the good news tips that are happening or just in general, like breaking down eco-anxiety and talking to people about it. I think it's really nice and it's really great. And I think it builds that more of a brand presence as like a friend and somebody that you can trust because I think it's really difficult out there for consumers. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's one of the most important things that a brand can establish is trust between the customer and the brand. And I feel like who gives a crap has been really committed to making sure that we're being honest about what's challenging and honest about what's good. And so folks can use the information that we provide to make really informed product selection decisions. No, it's great to see. And just speaking of kind of more consumer choices, Who Gives a Crap have also launched Good Time, which I think I saw was being called like the sister brand to Who Gives a Crap. So for our listeners who haven't really heard of, heard the news yet, what is Good Time? Good Time is a new body care brand that we've launched that is providing plastic-free soaps, bar soaps, bar shampoos, and bar conditioners. And the product line will be expanding in the future as well. And the inspiration was really to provide our customers and the broader population with more plastic-free options for the bathroom. I think we've all heard about the harmful results of basically using too much plastic and have seen stats on these really credible ocean organization websites that there's over 11 million metric tons of plastic in its in the oceans every day. And at the same time, we're uh, manufacturing 300 to 400 million tons of new plastic each year worldwide. So we just continue to make more and more plastic that doesn't always end up in the waste management systems that we want them to be in. And so Good Time is a helpful solution to customers so that they can have a wonderful soap and shampoo and conditioner product that comes without the plastic. 
And um, we also have some other attributes to it. It's vegan, it's cruelty-free, and we offset the greenhouse gas emissions from transportation. Amazing. No, I think it's really exciting to see, and it just seems like the natural progression in kind of, yeah, your bathroom. Look at your toilet paper, look at your body wash and your shampoo, and then we can just, yeah, keep going from there. So I wanted to ask as well, who gives a crap is also known. I'm sorry, I feel like I'm jumping around all over the place with the questions today, but I've got so many things that I want to ask you in such a short amount of time. But I want to know who gives a crap is known quite worldwide for having this amazing workplace culture and team morale as a B Corp and a business for goods. What are some of your suggestions that you have for businesses who want to provide a more sustainable environment for their employees, but also make it fun? (laughs) I think that the impressions that folks have of who gives a crap and the work culture is right on. It's been such a fun place to be working. And I'm super impressed with how people first the company is. One thing I have noticed is our people and culture team communicate with us a lot and ask us how we're all doing often through surveys very frequently. So they're always getting feedback on what our team specifically needs to be successful at our jobs and to be happy and excited to work every day. And I think that constant feedback has helped the company really formulate the company policies and the benefits for the employees. And so we have some really great benefits that I think would be really great for other companies to have too. And I think I know our employees really appreciate them. And so a few of those that I think are new to me and very impressive is that we offer life leave and that's four extra weeks on top of sick time and holiday time for people if they need it. So if something comes up like, you want to prep for a marathon or you're moving or you want to go visit your family post lockdown, there's that time that you can do that even if you don't have as much time as you thought you did in your holiday and your sick vacation banks. And so that's amazing. We do slow weeks throughout the year, which is a time for employees to manage what their week looks like so they can really do that deep work and think about their role plan for the next few months. And so it's supposed to be really light on meetings and you can really structure your week to learn about something you wanted to learn about in your role, to have extra time to think, to get outside and go for a walk and brainstorm instead of being on too many meetings, which is amazing. And we're actually in the middle of a four-day work week trial, which, you know, we're trying it out. We're going to see if that works for our company, but I think it's a great example of how we're really open to finding ways to help our employees have a great work-life balance. And then one of the other things that really stood out to me is we offer equal parental leave. So if you're a father or a mother, or you've added a family member via adoption or surrogacy or some other atypical way of building your family, everyone can have that same amount of time off, not just the mom that has the baby. And I think that's pretty unique in this day and age and really exemplifies our commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion. So those are some of the things that really stood out to me as being very impressive. That's amazing. I've never said that I wanted to get a job anywhere else but working for myself, but maybe I'll have to look at the careers page after this. 
<laughs> no, I think that's really great. I'm taking notes because I'm like a slow week just makes sense. I feel like we were just saying before the start of this conversation, even like having the first week back in January where you don't have as many meetings, you don't have as many emails, how refreshing it is and how much clarity everybody's had to be more creative and to actually just get things done. I've been so much more productive. So it just really is so clever. And I think having it across the company as well really alleviates all of that pressure too. I think it's really exciting and it sounds like a really great, yeah, I think putting people first and foremost in both business but also in your consumers and in who you're donating your profits to, it just sounds like a really clear and a straightforward mission, which I think is really great to see that it's being executed in kind of all different facets of the company. Yeah, it's uh, seeing it so far has been amazing. And I, I'm excited that I can be here to share about it because I think it's a really great example for how to run a business. No, that is really great. So I wanted to ask one final question to you, Alyssa, and that is, what is one actionable thing that our guests can do tomorrow to help save our planet? I mentioned a little bit about this earlier in our conversation, but I am very passionate about sustainability. And I do think that we all basically vote with our dollars. So everything we buy, where we put our money shows what we value and support. But I don't think we're always super intentional about it. And so I think there's a real opportunity to investigate what we're purchasing a bit more and have a few things in mind when making purchases. And I'll just go in the order in the way I think of things, but I definitely think don't purchase things you don't need. Maybe there's an opportunity to borrow something or lease something or rent. So you don't have to own it and give it back, use it the few times you need it. Buy used products. So we're not always buying new things that we then discard and no one uses again. Purchase products made with recycled content whenever possible. It's a really key thing going back to our conversation about our recycling infrastructure. If us as customers are asking for more products to be made with recycled content, that will have a positive impact on our recycling infrastructure. Oftentimes people say, oh, that's not recycled because there's no value in it. But if we want to buy the material then there starts to be value in it. So if we're more supportive of buying recycled, then there will be more financial support for that recycling infrastructure that it functions in some ways and then has a lot of room for improvement in others. Sometimes you can see companies will say that they have made their products using renewable energy. That's a huge deal. Most of our carbon emissions as consumer goods companies come from the manufacturing of products and all the energy used in manufacturing is often fossil fuels. So if you can find products that are made using renewable energy, that's incredible. That's when you're starting to get close to like zero emissions or carbon neutral products. And then there are certifications on products. So you can buy organic. I think we all see that in the supermarket, but you can also buy clothing that's organic cotton. So looking for that organic certification on the things you're buying or the FSC certification for Forest Stewardship Council that I mentioned. That's really great when you're buying any sort of forest-based or, or tree products. And, you know, looking for great brands to support, like any brands that are B Corps, that's a really good filter. Any brand that has a B Corp certification has gone through a really rigorous question process and done a ton of work to get that certification. So that's a good place to look for 
more sustainable brands to purchase from. No, I definitely couldn't have said that better myself. I think it's great. And I think it is breaking it down. And if you do find it overwhelming to kind of think about every single one of those points that you just brought up, then maybe it would be just picking one or two to start with and kind of go, okay, for my next purchase, I'm going to, I don't know, only buy something that's from a B Corp brand, or I'm only going to buy something that is GOTS certified or something like that. So I think it is just kind of setting expectations and trying to do your best, but also doing something is better than nothing. Like we said, earlier on in the podcast as well. Thank you so much for joining us today. It has been so lovely, so inspiring, and I'm sure that there will be a lot of job applications from listeners after this. Thanks again for having me. This is really fun. It's so nice to meet you. I really love the work that you're doing and I'm so happy that you're getting these messages out into the world. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 